Oh yes, hello, hello, and welcome back, or welcome to the Yogi Raw Show. This is a bonus episode, because this is also going to be appearing on Ted and Yogi's Pactova Adventure. So whatever you're subscribing to right now, we appreciate the support, and if you're only subscribing to one, do yourself a favor, subscribe to the other, because you can listen to more Ashley Adamson, who is a special guest today on the show from the Rose Bowl. Ashley, how are you? I'm doing great. I've, I mean, I can't believe I'm on two Yogi Roth podcast. Yeah. Well, look, you're a producer as well, and you know you want to take one piece of content and cut it up as many times as possible. <laughs> so that's what we're doing here. Michael Molinari and Ted, they're doing some basketball thing right now. So fired up to have you in their shoes, fellas. I'm sorry to say this, but I don't know if you can do what Ash is about to do here on this podcast. I don't know. I just I do have to cut you off and give you okay. a shout out. I have loved your guys's Ted and Yogi Adventure and Michael Molinari. We need more producers and their voices mm. on podcasts because I thought he added an, an awesome perspective. But yeah, I just had to give you a compliment, listen to that all year long. It was a go-to for me. Yeah, we had a great time. It, it was really fun to do. It was kind of like our production meeting that you rec could record. Yeah. We're going to do another one after the Rose Bowl, but this is pre-Rose Bowl. You and I here at Media Day right now, we just talked to both teams, both head coaches, both starting quarterbacks. We got a team picture, We all the stuff around the Rose Bowl. So I want to start with you. You grew up in Colorado. When did you first watch the Rose Bowl? Like, What's your first thought when you hear Rose Bowl? The very first memory I have of the Rose Bowl was my dad waking me up so that I wouldn't miss the start of the Rose Bowl parade. As a kid, that was like my favorite thing in the world. And my dad is a huge parade guy, and we always have given him a hard time about that dad. growing up. Yeah, he's, he's the best. Gary Adamson, shout out. But that was, to be honest, the first foray into the Rose Bowl that I had. I just was obsessed with the parade and the pageantry, and oh my gosh, why is this such a big deal? And all these folks are here, and they're made of flowers? Like, wait, how is that possible? And then the game, I think you start to appreciate it as you get a little bit older and, and truly being able to, I mean, the first one that I was able to go to was when we started covering them and I started working at the Pac-12 network seven years ago now, which is crazy. But it's, people say, and you hear like, well, is it kind of lost its luster because of the playoff and maybe the game doesn't carry quite as much meaning as it has in the past. That's BS. When we pulled up this afternoon or this morning, I should say, to media day, and you just see the Rose Bowl, every single time you come here, it is just special. And there is, there's just something really incredible. You can't describe it unless you've been to the game. And I, I don't think it's lost anything. Yeah, I'm with you there. I talked to Chris Orr, starting linebacker, stud for Wisconsin. And we both talked to Justin Herbert. Both stars of their team and both referenced their reverence to the Rose Bowl. And I think you're right. And I think it's the only game. Like, no offense to the Cactus Bowl. Or I played in the Cactus Bowl. It used to be called <laughs> the Insight.com Bowl, by the way. Uh, no offense to that game. But... Amid the CFP, I think the Rose Bowl is the only thing that's like hung on. And I was thinking about it on the drive over this morning to media days. I was like, man, back in the day when there's one title game, the BCS, all the other bowl games really matter. But now there's such a tension to the CFP from game one, right? Think of Oregon-Auburn. Mm -hmm. We're talking about the CFP week one of the season. And I get it's helped the final four but i think it's hurt college football i'm curious what your thoughts yeah are. no and we i've talked to david shaw about that is that you know you you as a as a head coach of a team uh you lose one game and all of a sudden no one talks no one's talking about you and your season's over and who cares and so that that's the downside to it obviously i think we're all fans of of the playoff and, th and think that it's it's a flawed but it's a better system certainly than what we had with the bcs but i do i think that What's perfect, though? What If you were That's the czar point. of college football, what, what would you do? I think for me, the perfect world of college football would be to have uniform scheduling. I think that is like such a dramatic departure to anything that's equal. Because every coach that would tell you, whether it was Paul Christ, 
who's coached in the Pac-10 in the ACC at Pitt. Love him, but kind of frustrated he left. But we like Coach Narduzzi. And now in the Big Ten, like he's been all over. Different styles of play. Yeah. You know, so if one's going to play a non-conference game, one's going to play a week sauce, week 11 game, like just got to make it somewhat fair if you're going to stay with four. If you're not going to do that, I think every conference champ should get in. Because uh, this is, the Rose Bowl, I think no matter what, won't get watered down. I know that's like a big concern. It won't because it's California. No other bowl games that matter in California are a big deal. So no offense to the Holiday Bowl. Like that's a nice game. And the L.A. Bowl is going to be nice next year when it comes here. But I don't think the Rose Bowl, I think the history is too rich for anything to happen to it. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And I, I think it's it's just going to be interesting to see how it how it all plays out. But to your point and your question, like I, I just feel like this is such a special, unique game. And I, I'm with you. I don't think that's ever going to get lost. Okay, so... I want to go down memory lane here. We're talking the Oregon Ducks. This is Rose Bowl. If you're a Duck fan, this is your podcast. When Mario became the head coach, do you recall your first interaction with him? Or even when he was the offensive line coach and Willie Taggart was the head coach? And some of your initial thoughts to where we are today, which we'll get to. The first, truly the first time I really sat down and interviewed him was when uh, it was the Red Box Bowl last year. Um, and they were playing Michigan State. And he came through the Pac-12 Network as part of their media tour, and I interviewed him. And I, I'd had a couple of, uh, you know, small interactions with him around media day, maybe the year before, but I hadn't actually interviewed him in a formal setting. And I remember thinking, like, he wants to be anywhere else but here. <laughs> like this is, and it was, you know, that's like the worst feeling you can have as a reporter because you're just asking these questions and you're like, man you're done with this day, you're done with this interview, like, I, I get it. Um, so I didn't know, you know, I, I wouldn't say that I had much of a rapport with him up until really the Pac-12 championship game last month. And being able to spend time with him and the team around that game and, and certainly pregame and then postgame, um, you know, we followed him around the field and got a couple interviews with him postgame. And it was the joy that I saw from that man was honestly like nothing I've seen from a head coach. It, it was really special. And I remember I, I asked him, I said, is this the most fun you've had coaching in a game? And he didn't hesitate. He said, yeah, hands down. This was, this was special. He was just, it was like he was an eight-year-old kid. And it, it was just really cool. So it's been really neat to see, you know, not only him continue to evolve as a head coach at Oregon and build the program the way that he wants to build it, but I just think the the persona of him you know he's this we were talking about earlier he's this tough you know what, what were the what were the adjectives you used when i asked you what you thought about mario cristobal tough physical downhill finish yeah i mean he is he's All like of the definition things. of a football guy yeah of the definition of an offensive lineman yeah, like yeah. he's just the old school hardcore football so it, it's cool to see the the other side and kind of the playful joy and and you know we talked to some of his guys today as we were finding out different things about him and and they, you know, one of his alignments told me he's actually really funny. He's yeah. got some great one-liners, none of which I can say here because they're not <laughs> TV friendly. Um, but it's, you know, I think I think that's been cool. I'm I'm curious for for your perception of it. Has it changed at all? Well, I can remember going up there when Willie Taggart got the job. I was like, I need to go meet Willie Taggart because I hadn't met him, and went up for spring ball. Kind of flew up on my own. I was like, let me just check out a practice. And you know, when you go to a practice, as you know, you go position group by position group, and you just kind of evaluate. Like I knew some of the coaches on the staff, but hadn't known him. But I knew of him because of when he was at Miami. He had a brief stint there when Jed Fish was there and Brennan Carroll was there. And I had spent a whole training camp with the Hurricanes with Al Golden his first year. So I kind of knew the culture of the program. So you heard about this guy and how intense he was, but the talent and the way that his mind worked. Hey, Mike, come on over. 
So I always knew he was special, but I never knew if he was going to be as special as the guy we're talking to. Mike Hall, oh. welcome to the podcast, man. This is called, uh, we booked this one through your PR agent. By that, I mean, we just flagged <laughs> you down. Uh, You're probably going to miss the shuttle. We apologize for that, but there'll be another one Listen, in like another hour I'm or so. I'm a fatty boom baddie. I could use the walk to Glendale. That's fine. Well, look, we uh, we got to meet, not technically, about, I don't know, 20 years ago when I saw you on ESPN. I was like, this guy looks really cool when you went through this broadcasting challenge. Boy, were you disappointed when you met me. <laughs> not true. And then you came over a couple years ago to my house after a Rose Bowl. Now here we are again. Actually, you have worked together. You're back in L.A. You haven't moved here yet, but I'm curious your thoughts on coming back to the Rose Bowl. Well, first off, I love that that was four or five years ago, you're still not mad at the things I stole from your house. <laughs> like that is, that says a lot about your character. Um, yeah, man, it's, it's the best. I mean, you guys know so much more than I do about living on the West coast, but you know, you certainly have ties to the, uh, Midwest about what it's like to come out here. Now it's, we always think it's going to be like 78, right? It's like 56 or it's whatever cold. today, but it's still like great. And the mountains and the palm trees and like everything is, it's a great break. You understand why this game means so much to the Big Ten, the administrators, the fans, the coaches, the teams. Like it is, it is one of those staples of what makes that conference special, and it's cool to be a part of it whenever you can. I absolutely love the energy you bring from the moment I met you. What was that when I was back in Indy? Like that was the nine the years ago, the yeah, NCAA yeah. tournament selection meeting. Anyway, I, I love the work that you do for the Big Ten Network, and I I got to ask you because I think there's a lot of fans listening to this podcast right now that are interested in what Oregon's going to be up against when they take on Wisconsin on New Year's Day. So you tell me something about Wisconsin that that we're not going to read in the newspaper, that we're not going to get like something that only Mike Hall knows about Wisconsin and this Badger squad. Well, that, that now you led me to an area that I could tell some bad things. So, if you want someone to like yes, on Wisconsin, I would love someone to like, like Chris Orr, the linebacker. Mm-hmm. We did a, a couple segments with him in the past, like some lighthearted stuff, and he was like, "Let's Skype my mom." And we were in the or FaceTime. We FaceTimed his mom in the middle of a segment. We were doing like he's a goofball. His nickname is Pork Chop because he has a birthmark <laughs> that's kind of like a pork chop. He, uh, you know, the Badgers had uh, four shutouts in like the first six weeks this season. So he created a nickname for the team. They're the Goose Egg Gang. Like he is a goofball. He is a great personality. He's an easy guy to root for. I think the the casual fan probably knows a lot about Jonathan Taylor because when you have more rushing yards in three years than Herschel Walker did, people know about you. But the quarterback is a really nice player. He is not a Heisman candidate. He won't be. But nobody knew what he was in August. And he has developed into a consistently 230, 240 yards a game, like no mistake type of guy. He's a really good leader. We interviewed him. And like as much as Chris Orr is like this great personality, like he was robotic. Like he was, you couldn't break that wall. He was just a very, you like, tried. I'm sure that job. you tried. I did. Yeah. I did. Got a lot of stonewall reaction. <laughs> I was like, all right, next it up. Happens. Uh, but he, he's, he's, he's not a guy that you're like going to game plan against. But if you, if you overlook him, He's going to hurt you. There's a lot of, I think, preconceived notions about Wisconsin and the Big Ten and Oregon and the Pac-12. And then when you learn about the teams, you're like, oh, Wisconsin throws the ball. They'll run a reverse. Like, they, they're creative. Oregon, they're not just a spread. Like, a lot of the guys in uh, Wisconsin were like, we thought Pac-12, everybody was an air raid team. But they're not. Do you think that's, like, a unique element to this game? I think so. I mean, I think the, uh, the thing that surprised us a lot when we started really watching Oregon, they're physical. Like they are, like you said, the Glenn Mason kept saying, he was like, a lot of times when you come out here, Glenn used to be a coach at Minnesota, he's one of our analysts. He said, a lot of times when you come out here, the West Coast team 
has that Pete Carroll 05 feel where they're loose, they'll bring music and, you know, like they're they're just doing whatever they want. And like this team struck us, at least in just the time we had, like they were, they're here for a reason. This is the, the old cliche of the business trip. Like it feels like they're a little more focused um, than we've seen in the past. And I think that that's a, a bit of a surprise. And like you said too, the, that you expect the great offensive line for Wisconsin. You expect a great running back because that's what they are. But Quintez Cephas is a really good wide receiver. Like, they've got two or three other guys that don't have the stats that he does, but are, like, consistently very good at getting the ball. We mentioned Jack Cohn's good at throwing it. It's a little different than historically what you'd expect. You mentioned kind of the business trip aspect, and uh, Yogi just talked to Mario Cristobal outside. They arrived on Christmas Day, Oregon did, and they went immediately to a lift. Is that what he told you? <laughs> yeah, went right to a lift, and the next day they had to work out at 5.45 in the morning. How could they all fit in one ride share? That is unbelievable. Oh, a lift, like a weight lift. I see, I see. Yeah, that's, that's a Christmas Day joy, right? You don't miss much, huh? Oh, What's God. your house like at home, man? Yeah. A very disappointed wife. <laughs> I bet she's, does she still ever laugh at your jokes? Like every night, like once a month? Very rarely. Just On like a birthday, you, maybe, yeah, or uh-huh. a holiday to be nice to me. That's important. Yeah. Well, look, man, I know that you got to get going, and you're wearing a purple tie today, so I assume that's a lean to UW in the Pac-12. Is that the reason? That's definitely why I wore it. 100%. We knew it. We knew yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I want to ask you one last question, because people ask us this all the time. You work for a conference and a network that is owned by the conference. Uh, obviously, there's a percentage of that with, with Fox as the entity, but what, what is that like for you? You've been at ESPN, now at the Big Ten Network. I feel like you've been there since they launched. We have, yeah. So w- what is that dynamic like for you as you cover and share the stories of these teams? For the most part, I don't think of it and I don't treat it like I'm working for the conference because the fact is I'm not. My paychecks come from Fox. Like, I see it as when I was at ESPN, Carl Ravitch didn't work for baseball. He worked for ESPN to cover baseball. And I see that as I work for Fox to cover the Big Ten Network. Um, There have been times when we have covered an angle that is not the way we would have covered it at ESPN. And the journalist in me gets frustrated because I'd rather just 100% do what is the story and treat it as honestly. But I'm telling you, in the 13 years I've been there, two or three times has there been an issue where it's been like, you know what, let's think about how we phrase it. And it has never been don't cover it. It's just been let's think about how we phrase it. Um, And I actually think that's okay. I think that's responsible. Like, you know, you do need to know where you are. And if you're, listen, if you're in Topeka, Kansas, and you're covering the local you know, Kansas State, you know, football team, like you're going to treat that differently than if you're at ESPN. You're going to treat that differently than if you're wherever else. And so part of knowing how to do your job well is to know your audience and to know your bosses. And it really has been less than I think people think in terms of anything close to a censoring, at least for me at the Big Ten Network, there's never been a censoring. The one time that was close to one was the the unfortunate scandal at Penn State. We still covered it the day it happened. We just didn't treat it like a massive breaking news story until two or three days later. And once we realized what a mistake we made, we covered it, you know, as aggressively as we possibly could and should. And I think we learned a lot from that. That was like our third or fourth year on air. And I think we've been a lot better ever since then. That we still cover the bad stories. Um, it just might not be the same way that a Fox or an ESPN would. Uh, but we make sure we still cover it because the viewers still want to know about it. You cover it as well as anybody, man. Uh, lastly, prediction. Who are you going with? I'm assuming it's Oregon, but I'm curious what the score is here. I'll take Washington by... <laughs> um, I think it will be... I'm, I'm, I think it's going to be a defensive game. 
I don't know why. I've got some feeling it's like 2117. Hmm. Um, Washington. Washington. I just I gotta stick with the Huskies on this yeah. one. You know, send that's out Chris Peterson call. and yeah. with a bang. And, uh-huh. Yeah, I'm going Washington. Okay, okay good. good. That's that's the uh, kind of analysis they come to this podcast for. <laughs> yeah. Hey, thanks, bro. Happy New Year. You bet. You too. See you guys. Mike, you're the best. Oh, he really is the best. <laughs> so fun. Thanks, man. Hey, you Mike, here, have some Kona st- coffee. Take this for the road. You've got to start a podcast with yeah. him. Yeah, we really should. We just gave him some Kona coffee. You can get some, too, at Kona Red. Well, you just gave away my... That was actually my Kona that coffee yours, that you just gave away. The guests. Hey, use the code YOGI20 for 20% off. Right. Check him out, KonaRed.com. Best coffee on planet Earth in my eyes. What a good, what a good dude. Love him. Okay, all right. So we've been off the rails dramatically on this podcast. We're going to try to bring it back here to close it up. What are you most looking forward to from the game and from moving forward with this Oregon program? No, I think I'm just really excited to see and hopeful for the seniors on this Oregon squad who freshman year went four and eight, have been through three head coaches, defensive guys have had four different defensive coordinators. There's been so much change and to be able to come in your freshman year experience that and then build it up to where it is 11 and 2 and the potential to go out as Rose Bowl champs it would just be you become close to these student athletes as you watch their careers unfold and guys like Troy Dye and Justin Herbert they're impossible not to cheer for and so I think you know as much as we're just talking to Mike Hall about being a journalist and being fair-sighted. I'm, you know, my heart is 100% with the Ducks, <laughs> and I'm not afraid to admit that. And it's a special group, and I think I'm just excited to see how those guys play on the biggest stage because I think, Yogi, and tell me if you would disagree with this, but it seems like, I mean, the, the Auburn game aside, because that came down and it was the first game of the, of the season, and you could make the argument that they dominated that game and then lost at the very end, but... On the biggest stages, Oregon has showed up in a really big way this year, obviously most recently with the Pac-12 championship. So it feels like they're not afraid of the stage. You saw what they did when they went to USC. You saw what they did against UW, and you saw what they did in the Pac-12 championship game against Utah. They've they've answered the bell, and they've come to play in big moments. So I'm looking forward to seeing if they can just get one more for the special group of seniors to go out on. How about you? I think the program is on schedule. So to me, that means the following. When Mario took over the program from Willie Taggart, it was really an awkward time, I thought. We saw them in the bowl game, lost at Boise State, I believe is who they played. But since that moment, when they got to really put their feet on the ground, nobody went with Willie. Or not a lot of guys went with Willie, right? A ton of coaches on the staff had the opportunity to go to Florida State. They chose to stay. They wanted to build what was being built. The foundation was set. And then you look at that first full year, they get going, they're rolling, and then all of a sudden, they can't win on the road. They have that tough loss against Arizona. I've never seen everything go bad for a team like it did that night. And then they learn from it. And what was the point the following season? It was, hey, we're going to win on the road. Hey, we're not going to buy into our own hype. And they, they talked about that. They addressed it. Then you look at this year. Tons of hype in the opener. They lose in dramatic fashion. And then they get back going. And they get marching. And the hype is going. And the train is going. And they're a CFP caliber team. They lose at ASU. But they recapture the competitive temperament necessary. Like, I just think this program in its build if you think it's going to happen overnight, it's not. Like Saban, I don't think they went to a bowl game his first year at Alabama or they won six. Like they, they were not a good team. It takes time to build the culture and then deal with the natural adversity that comes in front of you. They've done that to your point of winning the Pac-12 title on a big stage against a team that I don't think I can admit I thought Utah was going to win that game. Yeah, same. They were dominant in that game. I think same deal here. I think they're on schedule to go win a hard-fought game against a, a talented Wisconsin team, but I don't think they're as talented 
as Oregon. Yeah, it's gonna so. be it's gonna be interesting to see play out, and I, and I'm excited. I also just need to because you're a humble guy, and you probably aren't going to. Um, Shoot your own horn as much as you need to on this podcast. Mm-hmm. We had some great content today. The highlight being your interaction with Justin Herbert. You put together an awesome video tribute, I guess is the right word, with some different quarterbacks and, and guys that meant a lot to Justin Herbert. Put together a little video message for him, played it for him, and his reaction was priceless. Your guys' interaction after that was priceless, and that's all going to be on the internet. So if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it, go watch mm-hmm. it. It's, it's a really, really cool moment between you and a guy I know you've gotten close to and, and admire um, and I know he feels the same way about you, you we, we got a picture with him at the end and you, you, you were joking you said oh we're big fans we're big fans and he was like are you kidding me I'm a big fan of you yeah. like I, this is I want this picture because I'm a big fan of you so that is because you're a humble guy and you're not going to say how awesome it is if you're listening to this go find it online it's awesome you know what's funny about that is that that's where I was going to go next with you and I was going to literally say the same thing. So let's just take you inside as we finish off this podcast. We got about another few minutes here. We always try to keep these under 30 minutes for you. Ted and Yogi's Pac-12 Adventure and the Yogi Ross Show here talking Pac-12 football on the Rose Bowl with Ashley Adamson. When you have a media day, it's really fun because you get to brainstorm. What do you want to do? You have a 30-minute window to do anything. You could bring a Nerf basketball hoop. You could bring charades. Like People do crazy things. It's Super Bowl media days. This is like the B version of that. If Super Bowl is like the bomb. So Ashley and I got on the phone about three weeks ago we're like let's brainstorm we've talked for probably 90 minutes came up with a bunch of ideas and both of us have been fortunate to cover the heisman the pac-12 network marcus mariota bryce love christian mccaffrey we've been there for all of them or we've done some consistent things which is show them a video of people or the boys and girls club or people they looked up to love on them a little bit and kind of a give back and you came up with the idea you're like let's go do this and then we kind of brainstormed who should we get and then you called Mark Herbert, right? And yeah, asked Justin's him dad. who he looks up to. And we got Matt Leinert, Joey Harrington. You, Joey Harrington, by the way, came in about 11 p.m. last night. Yeah. It's- Shout out to Juan uh, Huerta, our awesome digital editor, producer, who was got that in. He was texting me at like 4.30 this morning. So he was Crazy. burning the oil. But, you, but, but your connections were able to get Mark and, and Justin Wilcox, obviously, yeah. who is the Cal head coach and, and who, you know, Mark Herbert told me that Justin really looked up to him. Um, and his brother growing up in, in Eugene and seeing what he did with the Ducks. So it was, it was a really meaningful message. And all those guys, it was clear in those videos that came through from those guys how much Justin has impressed them and impacted them. Joey Harrington's message was, I mean, it had me tearing yeah, up. Totally. So it, it was just really special. And I think, and the, the one thing that I said to you, and I'll, I'll tell your listeners, there are very few opportunities that you get in this profession that are meaningful to the student athlete. You get a ton of opportunities to do, you know, to tell meaningful stories to the fans and tell meaningful stories to, you know, other people watching, but very rarely do you get a chance to really do something that's special for a player. And you could tell watching you and Justin and him sitting there watching that video, what it meant to him and whether it never, you know, and I said that to you, whether or not we, we ever share that piece of content ever again, it doesn't really matter because the most special thing about that was that you know, you did something that Justin's going to remember for a really long time, and I think he's going to have that video for a really long time. Yeah, that was cool. I think often, you know, the dream, of, I don't know what yours is, but mine is to call the Rose Bowl. You know, I want to broadcast it. But to Mike Hall's point, when he's telling us little moments and little stories about players because he's the Big Ten Network and he knows the players, just like yeah. us, we can tell little stories or impact Justin Herbert in some way because we were there as a freshman. I remember being at practice, and I interviewed three quarterbacks that day, and he wasn't one of them. It was Dakota Prukop, Travis Johnson, 
and uh, quarterback at Kentucky now. I'm, I'm blanking on his name. And he was the fourth guy. But we were there to cover him. You got to know him. And I think that's the fun part of our network is getting to know guys before anybody else does. And then the payoff, to your point, to give him something that he could take away. Yeah, I, I can count on my hand how many times we've done that. And I think I referenced them in the Heisman moments. So good collab. And that was a lot of fun. All right, Media Days is a wrap. The game is almost here. You got a lot more content. You can interview Matt Liner. You got a lot going on here at the Rose Bowl. I'm going to head to San Francisco for our show. You'll be here live for the game. Uh, last question for each of us. I'm going to ask you, when you look back on 2019, because you're going to be calling this game day one of 2020 or covering this game day one of 2020, what do you think about Pac-12 football? Man, how much time do we have left? How much time? <laughs> Go ahead. We're controlling. I don't want to break any rules. No, I, I think um, this has been a really special season, and you've said it, um, that this has been the most enjoyable season that you've had covering football in, in your career, and I'm excited to hear why that is, and you expound on that a little bit. But this was a really... Uh, I don't know, it was a really memorable season for me too because I think we kind of found our footing with the road show. Last year was the first year we did it and, and this year at the Pac-12 Network we were able to, I think we kind of found our voice a little bit more and, and our relationships with the schools and, and the players and the coaches continues to evolve and, and so you feel like um, you really know and are able to your point share some stories that that a lot of people watching the game just have no idea about. So that's been really special and we've just gotten to see you know, we have so many awesome student athletes in this league. Like, and I get nostalgic at this time every year because I think like, man, we're not going to see Evan Weaver in a Cal uniform after today. We're not going to see, there's so many guys you could go through. I don't want to start naming them because then I'll forget some. And, but it's so hard because you get so attached to like these kids' stories and, and how amazing they are and you become friends with them. And then a, a lot of times, you know, you don't, you're not going to see them for a while. Maybe you'll see them down the road, but a lot of them you're not going to see for, for quite a while. And so I think that this is the time of year that I always get a little bit nostalgic and feel like, uh, and I just remember one thing that Mike Eubanks at Stanford told me one time because it was, I think it was when Christian McCaffrey left, right? I, it was one of the, maybe it was Kevin Hogan, but there was someone who I, I was talking to him and I just said, man, I am so bummed that this senior class is leaving. And he said, you know what? I am too, but every year there's another incoming group that you're going to fall in love with just all over again. And it's true. It, it's, it's, it's absolutely true. You always think there's never going to be another this or another that. And, and each player that comes through kind of has their own unique making and different reasons to, to be able to cheer for them. But it is, um, that's what's great about this job in particular is just that the people that we get to be around and the, you know, it's, it's close, so cliche. And that's what they always say when they talk about what's meaningful about your job, but I, I really mean it. We get to be around some phenomenal people and to watch them grow from freshman year coming in into seniors, you know, fifth year seniors and going out into the world, whether they're going to the NFL or not, it, it's, it's a gift and a joy to be around. So you tell me, Yogs, why, why was this the most enjoyable, other than the fact that you're married now, so you've got some better perspective. Why was this the most enjoyable season of your career? Well, I think that's a big part of it. You know, I think when, you know, you know me, I live and breathe college football. And I still do. I've probably watched even more tape this year. But when you're married and you have a kid, like you've done it twice now, you're, you're finite in your time and you're purposeful in everything you do. And everything is lighter because what's home is what's most important. And I think having that lens, I mean, I, I could be honest and say the only two things I loved prior to Amy and Zane were football and the ocean. That's it. Like, there's no humans there, right? Like, of course, I love my family, my friends, blah, 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 all that good stuff. <laughs> but on a serious note, um, to, to love, to fall in love with the game more because my heart is full 
You know, yeah. I've got so much abundance in my in my world right now. It has been uh, that's what made it so fun. And then you pair Michael Molinari, Ted Robinson, Lewis Johnson, you, Mike, every week on Inside Pac-12 Football, doing more features than we've ever done with our stories and Kate Scott, this podcast, Sirius X. Like, there's just so much content, and our teams were good. You know, the Utah and Oregon were in it up until the last two weeks yeah. of the season. Like that, that's awesome. You get to stick your chest out and say, "Hey, people in the South, you know what I'm talking about. People in the East Coast, you know what I'm talking about. People in the Midwest, you know what we're talking about. Open your eyes, and I'm gonna help you do it." And I felt as though this year we we were that. And I think in the Pac-12, what are we heading into year nine now after this final game? Yeah, it's pretty cool, you know, to not just have it as a job. Like this is our ethos. So I'm I'm really proud of that. And. Uh, to be able to collaborate and share and not even stand up, but just tell the truth. It's awesome. And I've heard from coaches in that regard a lot. So I think, you know, you get older, you get matured, your voice grows, all those things. And to finish off with the Rose Bowl, man, as they're literally tearing down <laughs> the set behind us <laughs> is, uh, is exactly how we want it. You know, like Hermit Here till the bitter end. Leave it on the grass. <laughs> we left it on the grass. All right, Ash. I love you. You're the best. Likewise. Happy New want, Year. How do you want people to connect with you? However they want. I gave up my phone number last time, I think, on this podcast. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right, Should I do it do again? That. Okay. I mean, how about my email? Sure. Adamson at pack-12.org. I love it. Or on social media. Adamson Ashley. Adamson Ashley in reverse. Big love to Peter Gerson. Quick turnaround on the edit, the producer of this podcast. He's an SC guy. So... He's probably a little disappointed right now. They lost. They got rid of their coordinators. A lot of coaching changes. We'll talk about yeah. that in the next episode of this podcast. Remember, this is you got this both places. The Yogi Ross Show, presented by Kona Red, as well as Ted and Yogi's Pac-12 Adventure. No Ted, no Molinari, but we got Ashley. We thank you. We love you. We're out. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.